0: Hey, everyone, uh, welcome to Auth- the Authentic Work Show, our live stream and podcast all about building online businesses. Each week, I'll be interviewing independent business owners, creators, side hustlers, and talking about cool tools out there to help uh, everyone profit from their passions. Uh, in this series, I'll be chatting with business owners, exploring platforms, and having interesting conversations all about building that online business or side hustle with purpose and authenticity. Today, I'd love to welcome Kimberly Irwin. Kimberly is an author, a media executive, an owner, higher education administrator, and professor uh, teaching English and ethnic communication and diversity awareness. She aids others in entrepreneurial endeavors designed to unite communities across the globe. Uh, Kimberly has lived and worked abroad uh, in Europe, Mexico, and the Caribbean. She described herself as being passionate all about life's diversity, uh, people, languages, and places. Uh, Kimberly, thank you so much for coming, and welcome.
1: Thank you, Rob. So, uh,
0: thanks. Yeah, I, I'd I'd love to start by um, by you maybe you telling your story about how life changed uh, when COVID happened. What what it set the stage um, uh, in in terms of what it is that you were doing.
1: Well, with in February, um, yeah. so this was still the time of COVID nineteen, but it really wasn't a, didn't hit New York at that time. We were just still trying to figure it out, and basically thought that it would go away. So I didn't, so when we had our um, standing room only book launch for the book that I've written, there's only one race, the human race says me, a children's book ending racism. So many people came out for that. There's a lot of students that um, took part in the book and we just thought we would go from a great launch into an a person in person event structure. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Hudson Children's Book Festival is in the town that I grew up in, which is where I currently live and where I wrote the book and have my business. So I just thought it'd be great to have the second largest children's book festival part of my platform to sell the book and to jumpstart any other types of um, products that my company would be uh, selling. Mm -hmm that didn't happen because of COVID-19. So um, I think I was more pessimistic about it than the people around me because I know the people who put the festival together and they were still holding out hope for it, (laughs) but not me. I went into my cocoon of possible technology to see what I could do to be more helpful and fruitful in getting my book to the masses, so to speak. And um, when I went in, I found a few things, that a lot was available, but I saw a platform that I had purchased earlier in 2019. And I thought, hey, maybe that could be helpful. And it was called Hey Summit. (laughs) So um, I took a look at Hey Summit and found avenues that I could use. I had to go and get a webinar um, platform to uh, be useful. So in doing that, I'm a very good researcher as an academician, um, you know, anything I need to look for, I mean, anything I need to do, I'm gonna research it before. So I looked at all the different types of um, devices and uh, I could use with it. And I I kind of settled on Zoom, but there was another product like Live Webinar that was really um, in tune with Hey Summit at the time. So I thought maybe I'll use this platform and go forward. And um, yeah, I think that, that answers the question um, so, no, it
0: was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was um, uh, more about, again, how, I
1: can
0: go on. I know, I know, don't, don't worry, don't worry. I just, I'm just fascinated about like, what, what prompted you to think not specifically about pay hey summit or, or, or necessarily what you use, but um, you know, you were going to do this book launch and then COVID happened and you decided to figure out another way uh, versus just say, you know what, I'll just chill. <laughs> um, uh, well, so w- w- what kind of went into that kind of decision? Like what w- what prompted you to think, no, that there must be another way to get the word out?
1: Well, I think entrepreneurs, we have a spirit of can do. So if someone says you can't do this, we find a way that we can do. Mm-hmm. And again, um, so I decided if I can't do it in person, I'm going to do it virtually. And having the technology, the, the SAS products available, I trained myself in getting that done and then brought other people on board because I didn't know how to do it just by myself or I'm, I'm very much of a giver give backer to the community. And I saw that my community, um, about the time, about three weeks later, after I thought what I'm going to do for my own self, I saw my community struggling with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, I had students that I was in the school system with In fact, the very last day of um, school closings, I was actually in the uh, junior high school. Um, A friend that I had graduated school with, she taught a class and she asked if I could substitute her class for her because she wouldn't be in that day. She didn't think it was gonna be the last day, of course, but that ended up being the last, very last day. I remember one student saying, hey, I'm not going to have to get all my things out of my locker because it's just going to be until the end of vacation. They had the spring break vacation coming up a week later. So they just basically told them it was going to be like that. But I had a forethought and I said, I don't think so. Go to your locker, get everything out because your parents are not going to want to come back to school just to take the thing things out of your locker. And you may not come back for the rest of the school season.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, some students like that, they listened to me and other people, they didn't want to do their homework at home so they decided to leave it on the locker. But I say all that to say, I saw that students, these students that I, I was familiar with, and the teachers that I'm familiar with being an academician and having gone to school in Hudson, they were at home for about three weeks coming in April, not really feeling comfortable about their existence. You know, they thought they'd be back in school, they thought life would be normal, and now it's not. Mm-hmm. And so I thought to gather other leaders in the community together, other creatives. Other entrepreneurs like myself, who are solo entrepreneurs, um, and try to build a community of online people to help those offline. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I worked together. We had a, a summit, and through that, I found that each of these niches, whether they were uh, entrepreneur themselves or whether they were creatives, you know, they had books to sell or products to offer or they were um, people in organizations that helped others, but you know, they're event structured, like a librarian who, um, you know, people go to the library, they get services at the library. Now she was tasked with how do I still service my community, not, you know, not in person. And so Mm -hmm. since I had done so much research, I thought I have a lot of knowledge and so I can like switch my focus to not just selling my book through Intercultural Connect books, online, but to also share the knowledge that I have and service those individuals with helping them get online digitally with their web webinars, websites. Um, I mean, by then I probably had watched 80 webinars, <laughs> um, several training sites, you know, you, mm-hmm. every product they have, um, people who are well-versed in it and you can find them on YouTube. So I had all this wealth of knowledge, um, ways to simulcast your social media information all at the same time. So you don't have to go in and plug it. So all of these different things that I think that the average person didn't really learn at that time. And Mm. they knew me. And these are people who are cost conscious. So they're not going to go out to the professional who has been doing it for six years. You know, they really wanted to find a way they can do it effectively. But Cost of, with a cost-effective or a price point that they can deal with too. Mm. Because money wasn't coming in, they're sitting at home. Some of them don't have their second jobs or their first jobs, so it was really important that I service the community while servicing myself. It's like we each helped each other.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, it, it's it, it's it's tough though to uh, take on all of that, uh, um, you know, added um, expectation. I guess uh, when you're also you know, an entrepreneur in your own right, you know, you, you, you have a business to run, right. Uh, you have a book to, 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 to pedal, right. <laughs> and <laughs> sure. um, So it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting how uh, entrepreneurs ha- have a habit of uh, making more work for themselves just because uh, it seems like the right thing to do. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'd love to learn a little bit more about the book uh, and, uh, and uh, what it's about and why you wrote it and who you wrote it for.
1: Okay. Well, this book is the children's book. And I think I even said the title wrong because that wasn't my original title. It takes a village to create a masterpiece. So Mm -hmm. this masterpiece was forwarded because of, well, I'll take you a little bit back. 14 years ago, I started writing a book, writing and researching a book on race and ethnicity to help students that I had had, but I left the institution. So I was the Um, Multicultural Student Affairs Director at Skidmore College in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. And as the Multicultural Student Affairs, we have a group called ALANA, which is Asian American, Latino American, African American, and Native American groups. And it also incorporated other groups like Muslims, whichever group needed aid to feel comfortable on a campus that was a predominantly um, white institution. I think 99.9% of the students didn't have any financial aid. And at that time, and this is like 14 years ago, college tuition was about $36,000. So I can only imagine what it is now. But so for just a small portion of those students, they were coming up from New York City and they weren't very comfortable in their environment. So they went from a mega city environment, like New York City, where they're coming from Brooklyn, the Bronx, Manhattan, Queens, where there's diversity everywhere, where everyone is diverse. So to a place where they're mostly very few that look like them or have their experience um, and their cultural um, understanding and um, beliefs and belief system. So they were feeling comfortable being at the school until everyone else showed up on campus. And so here I am my first year there and I thought I would share the knowledge that they needed to have because I had students coming to me saying to me, Ms. Irwin, I had no idea what Cubano meant, or I had no idea if I should not like to be called Hispanic or should I be called Latino. I had one Asian student, Asian American student, who sat in my office one morning and looked at me and said, I went to the ACA, Asian Cultural Awareness Meeting, and I had no idea that I was Asian. And I said to myself and everyone else later, I said, I kind of knew that as soon as he walked in the door, because he was a, a young person who was um, adopted from China as a baby, so mm-hmm. his, his features were very much Chinese um, descent and heritage, but he didn't have the heritage. His his American family never really chatted and, and shared his shared his cultural background with him um, from his um, original parents, his birth parents. So here I am, armed with all these people, but they're used to just celebrating the heritage months, you know. February is African-American month and um, Hispanic month, but they didn't have the core of how they can um, persevere and strive and go forward in in an academic environment that people didn't look like them. So I started that 14 years ago and now I was two chapters shy (laughs) of completing the full manuscript and I'm in this, System in Hudson, New York, where the majority of the students um, used to be white, and now they've switched to a lot of the students coming from Bangladesh. And the Bangladeshi being newly immigrants, they weren't familiar with the race and ethnicity, cultural stigma, or dichotomy that we have white and black in America. And I heard a lot of things coming from some of the students, and that made other students uncomfortable. So I said the best way to make everyone comfortable is to give them some knowledge, give them some education. And when I talked to teachers, they felt uncomfortable sharing certain things with them. I had one librarian who said she actually had a book that talked about black hair mm-hmm. and she read it to the students and she felt that you know she can get feedback. A, a, good, a good way to read is to ask questions as you're reading the book to young people and she was asking questions and they weren't answering her. And there was a lot of reasons for why that might have occurred, I wasn't there. But when I shared with her some of it, she went, ah. So I said, okay, this book needs to be a book that satisfies the knowledge that young people need, but to be in a way that can be provided to, to them by adults, by their parents, by their teachers. And so that's how I formulated the book. I just used the three um, known research facts in my adult book and, and I just transferred it to the young people. First step is to know yourself. Second step is to know the history of how we got to where we where, where we are in America with this race and, and ethnicity um, confusion. Um, and then how to go about solving it. What are your actions to go forth? Because just knowing about it isn't good enough. So um, yeah, armed with a few poems and I had a, teacher who was my actual kindergarten teacher as an editor because I'm not really a children's book writer. <laughs> that's just something that I did because I could and I saw that I needed to help those others young people too. And um, so that's how it came about. And I published it through Intercultural Connect Books because I had a, another uh, book that was already published by Inter- Intercultural Connect Books. And we had had a hiatus on that, and I thought, well, since we didn't do another book with some other um, poems, because it was a book of poetry, and it was supposed to be a lot of people who do slam poetry getting their their slam poetry into the book, into books, into text, and mm-hmm. then to be able to go forth and sell their books, if people just don't, you know people weren't buying CDs <laughs> because of you know the technology but to have something physical in hand when they go and do their slam poetry that was the kind of the idea and so i had this this availability of time and space with the company and so that's why i put it forth the way i did so, so
0: you, you say you have the ability of time and space and i think looking by looking at your at your bio and and, and reading more about you it's very it's very surprising that you, <laughs> you might have a time, but but, but uh, and and I think if someone was was trying to, to to describe you, they'd be it'd be tough to 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 pin you down, right? Um and and so uh, but throughout, whether it's uh, in academia as an author, as a as a um, as a trainer, as a consultant, whatever it is, um you know you do go back to that word entrepreneur, and uh I, I, and I'd love to I'd love to drill into that a little bit um, because the, the life of an entrepreneur, the life of someone who builds things themselves can sometimes be quite lonely. And, um, and I know that you I, I love talking about this uh, a lot, but when, when it is just you and, and when there is a lot of, um, uh, a lot of self-driven motivation and, and you don't necessarily uh, have a team around you that can help, um, that motivation is, is sometimes tough. And so how, how do you manage that? What, what motivates you? Um, how do you think about that?
1: Well I'm going to say I always have a team <laughs> they're just not always engaged with what I'm engaged with because like you say I do do a lot of things so my motivation really is that um, I, li- I, li- I liken back to what um, or I hearken back to what Oprah I think Oprah said it you know she says so much so <laughs> maybe well, she yeah. somebody else. <laughs> but she says if you enjoy, what you're doing, it's never work. And that if you do it, you will the resources will come. So a lot of people do work. I mean they go to work to get the financial resources. Mm. And in doing so, they may sit in an office with a lot of people, but they're not really communicating because maybe they not they don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. So I'm usually in a space where I want to be. And if I'm not, I get there quickly as you can tell. But so in that time when I'm you know, between when people aren't really um, vi- vibing with me because I'm already moving on to something else. I find I like, one. Well, you can't really do it anymore, but I like to, I used to um, join those, the networks where you go to, I think they call them, we offices, I'm not sure what they're called, but when you have, you, you're a member of an office group and then you can go and there's coffee and light music and. You, know, you have your office, or you have your desk, or you know, even a table that you set up. And when I started, uh, God, I think it was in Orlando, when I was in Orlando uh, teaching English as a teacher, where um, I retired from that. And that's where I started. I said, I need an office to get things done, to move, um, move forward. Because One Universal Media was that first. It was One World Publications. And so before that, so I got that off the ground and it had to change to One Universal Media because of when I went to go get a domain, it wasn't available. And so I wasn't, I didn't, ha- I didn't have a lot of money or didn't earn a lot of money through One World Publications because now all these things like issue ISSU was coming out. But um, so I focused on that. And then the coffee shops, right? You know, and then when I came up to Hudson, a lot of the Hudson vibe is not very business oriented. It's more people on vacation. And so I'm around people who are not really working. <laughs> They're enjoying life. And I think uh, for me, it it's then again, now going online, I meet other people like me who are interested in doing like things that I do. And we have conversations in, in that manner. But it, it can get really, really lonely. But I think the motivation is what keep you um, from tiring out. Mm. And And, and, you're working for yourself, so you get to decide when you want to take a break and read a book or go for a jog or (laughs) rollerblade. You can do that.
0: Absolutely, and and I I think that's a a really good point that if if you do kind of feel uh, that it is lonely, as you say, your team is who you define your team as. Uh, uh, in a way. So, um, you know, surrounding yourself with the right kind of people is just as important as deciding what it is that you want to to do and how you want to spend your time. Yeah. Um, so uh, this has been super interesting, and, and, and thank you very much. There's, there's one kind of final um, uh, question uh, that I'd love to ask, and that's around, frankly, I'm just being nosy. Um, <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of tools, what kind of processes do you use um, on a daily basis to keep yourself organized. Um, do you uh, do you like any particular ways of working? Do you work with um, you know pen and paper? Uh, do you have apps that you really like? What's your your work stack?
1: As a teacher, we do show and tell. Paper,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> pen, <laughs> iPad, <laughs> cell phone. <laughs> I use them all because I'm a creature of the pen and paper and as a writer, author, whatever you it doing, you kind of enjoy that process more. Yeah. But so I'm used to the word processor, <laughs> but then I had to get away from that and get to the computers, right? So I'm really good at going with the flow. Mm-hmm. So when I find, and that's a problem sometimes because- um,
0: use a lot of things.
1: I use a lot of things. And so again, all these things I use just for meeting with you. I use the pen and paper. I had texts and, and notes on, on my iPad. But um, it's also great in a sense because, like, uh, when I when when I show my age a little bit. Initially, word processing. Okay, you can't get you can't if you're writing something, you can't get rid of a word processor in some form of fashion. And Microsoft Word and Word Perfect. You you know units were the key. But now or now and Apple has their own, which I kind of use Apple, I have to admit since I have a, a Mac, I use Apple products um, and they're getting better. Um, they're, <laughs> they're getting updated. But Google right now, Google sheets, Google Docs, Google everything you can you can make your own like app off of Google um, documents and sheets and 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 and, it, and things and then it can be easily sent to people so, I'm kind of narrowing it down to maybe more of the, the Google Docs, but mm-hmm. I use, and I don't know if I can name drop, but I'm, I'm a big AppSumo fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't technically call myself an appsumo link because I don't like to join and be part of a groups, but I, I do go there because a lot of new entries are going there and they're basing their new products off of those that work. In the marketplace already, and they're building new bridges. You know what they see is needed, and at a, an economical cost point. So, mm-hmm. as a person who is, you know, vying into different avenues, and right now, um, I use Drift to get my certificate actually in digital marketing and social media um, planning because of how they look at customer service, and so I really en- engaged in that. And I did that without even buying the product. <laughs> so sometimes you can do that. So um, I kind of, you. I like to use the newest thing out, but I don't, but I use methods from what I know. So, mm. you know, people like right now, I have a friend who's on Instagram and she said, you know, you should send everything on Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. But I'm, I'm a Facebook kind of a person, you know, and I tweet a little bit because it's easy to send. But um, now with the marketing, you uh, software I have where you can just, you know, create something and then send it to all the platforms at once, I can be everywhere. So I can satisfy all of my friends and fans at the same time. And that's so. That's what I'm utilizing. So I guess the idea is I, I, I like planning facilities. I like using um, like infinity.io. I, mm-hmm. I use for working with some of the teams that I have because then they can get on and write what they need to write. I, I love... Any new product that allows um, team members to go in and access the product, like I did an advertise an advertisement with Flixier, and that's because you can have team members go right in and change your video, whatever you you know whatever you're doing, they can go in and, and make it better. And especially with me, when I use, um, I have like three members that I see as a team. But after you know, sometimes they're busy, and I don't really have employees where I'm paying them on you know a regular basis. And so, if I see that they're busy, then I might need to go outside and you you know utilize staff that I find online. And you don't really want them always in your realm. So a lot of new apps allow them to go in and just work on that one project as opposed to maybe projects you're working on with others. Um, From the summit that I had, I. Received three clients and they're doing three different things. One's doing podcasting. One is doing training for um, her, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, Selling homes, home selling. um, And another is a creative who wants to have their own website and uh, make it look more creative instead of business-like. And they had one from 1985 or something like that. (laughs) Before websites were really a new things, so they needed just to upgrade a little, and they didn't want to do the research. So, mm-hmm. um, so I use, I like to use the newest,
0: lots of things. Yeah, give it a go. So, so uh, uh, getting back to the fundamentals with your with with your writing, but you're always up for for trying the latest and greatest.
1: Well, even so, um, I think to blend them too because I just started a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a co-host of the WGXC dot. Is it ninety point seven FM? And just Tuesday, we had our first uh, our first show. Uh, as a co-host, um, I was I was on a couple of times, selling my book and um, being a leader in the community. But I just I just think if you can do it, and it really can segue and you know segue into creating more buzz, or just. Being able to put, so supply more services to different people when you're when you're in the know with more things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Keeping keeping on top of the pulse. Cool. cool. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly, for for coming on and for for joining us today. Um, it's been really great to kind of get a little bit a little uh, a piece of 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 what it is that you're doing and, and learn a bit more about the book. Um, Uh, If anybody would like to connect with Kimberly, you can find her on Twitter at uh, Kimberly.erwin. She's also on Facebook, as she said. Uh, Or you can check out OneUniversalMedia.com. So thanks again, Kimberly. And have a fantastic uh, week, everyone. And wherever you are in the world, I hope that you're all staying safe and keeping well. Uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks.